On today's show, the Yankees are welcoming the Rays to the Bronx this week in the first of two series between the two teams in the next two weeks. There's a lot of twos happening there. We'll preview the pitching matchups, and I may give my series prediction. And I have a story to tell about a game that I attended on this day way back in 2009. All next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Tuesday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Yankees listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code Locked On at checkout. Pretty cool. And as you know, June is a big wedding month, and apparently it's a big engagement month. Who knew? We'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. Also, feel free to comment. I try to respond to them as much as possible. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. So... Tampa is coming to the Bronx. I don't know how to feel about this. Um, You know, the Yankees are doing really well. Obviously, they're beating up on bad teams. They did well last time they played Tampa in Tampa, which was shocking. Um, I'm happier that this series is here. But as I mentioned in the cold open, they're also playing the Rays next week. And the sequence of games is tough for the Yankees because they're playing three against the Rays at home, three against the Blue Jays in Toronto, and then they go directly to Tampa with no break on Monday to face them there. So this will be a tough stretch for the Yankees. And lots of people are weighing in on how they think the Yankees will be doing in those nine games. I won't predict that yet, but I may give my prediction for this series. So let's look at the matchups. Tonight is Corey Kluber and Garrett Cole. Now, Garrett Cole, as we all know, had a really rough outing in his last start. Really rough. It brought his ERA up to 3.63. And he is 5-1 on the season with 84 strikeouts. Actually, let's let's look at the exact numbers from that start. I should have those memorized because I mentioned them how many times in the episode after that game against Minnesota? Two and one-third innings, seven runs on eight hits, five home runs, right? It was five. Three in a row and then two more. Yes, two walks, only three strikeouts. But again, it was only two and one-third. He gave up a bunch of hits and it was a nightmare for Yankee fans to watch. And then Corey Kluber, his last start was against St. Louis. He went five innings. He picked up the win, gave up three runs on six hits with one walk, five strikeouts. In his start against the Yankees on the 28th of May, he went six innings, gave up one run on three hits with five strikeouts. So 
he was able to shut down the Yankees there a bit. So that's tonight's matchup. And as far as I know, let's see. Yeah, it's on Yes. You don't have to, you know, have any weird streaming services to watch it. And it's also on TBS if you're a Yankee fan outside of the New York market. So that's good. And it's a 7.05 start. Tomorrow, we get to see Nestor Cortez, see if he rebounds from his... Not so great start against the Twins. As I said yesterday, the Twins have been beating up on pitchers and the Rays saw that happen this past weekend. So, you know, it it happens in, you couldn't expect Nestor Cortez to pitch as well as he's been pitching all year. You expected at least one bad start somewhere. Hopefully he can rebound. But even with that bad start, His ERA is still 1.96. He has 71 strikeouts on the season. He's 5-2. And And in that last outing against the Twins, because, again, the Twins keep, you know, victimizing everyone (laughs) in starting rotations around baseball for some reason, he went 5 and one third, gave up four runs on seven hits, didn't walk anyone, only struck out three. And... McClanahan is 7-2 with a 1.87 ERA, 98 strikeouts. He's having a really good year. And his last start was against St. Louis on June 9th. He went eight innings, didn't give up a run, only gave up two hits, only walked one, struck out nine. And in his last start against the Yankees on May 29th, he went six innings, gave up one run on seven hits, did not walk anyone And struck out seven. So he has a pretty good walk to strikeout ratio, which is something you don't want to see as an opposing team. (laughs) When your teammates with a guy pitching that well, sure, you, you want to see that, but you don't want to see that when it comes to being the opponent. That's not fun. On Thursday, all of the starts are 7.05. Just so you know, there's no day game thrown in there because it doesn't take that long to get to Toronto. I think it's an hour and a half flight. So, you know, the Yankees can make it up there in time for the Friday night game. So Thursday night is Luis Severino against Drew Rasmussen. Uh, Severino, 4-1 with a 2.80 ERA, 71 strikeouts. He looked amazing in his last start. Really good. He is doing really well this season. And he's healthy. Yes, I knocked on my dining room table because you have to. Now, he didn't get the decision because that was the Friday game when the Yankees needed 13 innings to beat the Cubs. But Severino went six innings, gave up one run on seven hits, walked one, struck out 10. He also struck out 10 in his previous start on June 4th against Detroit. That time he went seven innings, didn't give up a run, only gave up one hit. That was part of that run where the Yankee starters looked incredible. Gave up one, gave up? Eh. Surrendered a walk, struck out 10. In his last start against Tampa, he went six and one third, gave up four runs on two hits, walked two, struck out eight. Picked up the loss. So that'll be an interesting matchup to see. And Rasmussen is five and three with a 3.1, no, 3.41, sorry, ERA, with 49 strikeouts. And let's see how he did in his last start against Minnesota. All right, Minnesota hit him a bit. Four and one-third innings, four runs on nine hits, two walks, three strikeouts. He had a really good start against Chicago 
on June 4th. He went seven innings, didn't give up a run, only gave up three hits, walked one, struck out two. He's not the type of guy that strikes out a lot of people. But he did not pick up the decision in that game. So that'll be interesting. We'll see how the Yankees do against him. So those are the matchups. And in a moment, we'll look at how the batters do against the pitchers in those matchups. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and then wait for the person behind the counter as they order the parts on their computer, but choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when you use Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and the prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. The ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders. First pick is June 16th, so search ultimate NBA mock draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. So we're going to work this backwards. We're going to look at the matchups and see how Rays hitters do against the Yankee pitchers and vice versa. Now... The Ray with the most at-bats against Severino is Kevin Kiermeyer. He's faced him 28 times. He's only batting 107. Now, everything else is a tiny sample size of twos and threes, except for G-Man Choi, who has faced him six times. He's batting 500. He has a home run and a run batted in. As for the Yankees against Rasmussen, yeah, very small sample sizes again. Uh, Stanton and Torres have faced him once, and they each have a hit in those singular at-bats against him. So can't really gauge how they're going to do in either situation because the Rays don't face Severino as much because, you know, he hasn't been healthy the past few seasons. So it'll be interesting to see how that game goes on Thursday. For Wednesday's matchup, the Rays against Cortez. Yandy Diaz has the most at-bats against Cortez, 12 of them. Now, he does have a home run and three runs batted in, but he's only batting 167 in those 12 at-bats. Everyone else is, let's see, mostly six at-bats or under. Uh, Manuel Margot has eight at-bats against Cortez. He's batting 250. So Yandy Diaz is the only one with a home run. As for the Yankees against McClanahan, Glaber Torres has 10 at-bats against him. He's batting 600 with a home run. He's the only Yankee with a home run off McClanahan. The rest of them don't really hit him that well. Stanton is the other one that kind of hits him okay. He's only faced him five times, but he's batting 400 against McClanahan with a run batted in. And then let's work back to tonight's matchup between Kluber and Cole. Now, as we know, G-Man Choi likes to beat up on Cole. (laughs) I said this the last time the Yankees and the Rays played, and I think Cole was able to control G-Man Choi the last time they faced off against each other. 
but he has 16 at-bats against Cole. He's batting 500 with three home runs and eight runs batted in. Yandy Diaz has a home run off Cole. Kevin Kiermeyer has a home run off Cole. Diaz has, let's see, him and Margot. They both have the most at-bats against Cole. Diaz in 26 at-bats is batting 385 with that one home run and five runs batted in. Margot in 26 at-bats is only batting 154, but he has a couple of runs batted in. As for the Yankees against Kluber, Josh Donaldson has faced him the most. 23 at-bats, one home run, five runs batted in. He's batting 348 against him. Marwin Gonzalez also does well against Kluber, so you'll probably see him in tonight's matchup. Uh, 22 at bats, 455 with two home runs, eight runs batted in. Matt Carpenter, Donaldson, Gallo, and Gonzalez all have home runs off Corey Kluber. So expect to see, I would think you would expect to see those guys in the lineup if I know how Boone works. (laughs) So yeah, as I said, this is an important matchup for the Yankees because they have Rays, Jays, Rays, Astros, A's, Astros for one game, Pirates, Indians, Red Sox. I believe that is the correct order. I've talked about it so many times. You would think I would know by now the correct order of this next second half of the month plus first two weeks of July. Very tough for the Yankees. We'll see how they do. Hopefully they'll do okay. As I said on yesterday's show, if you watched it or listened to it, the Yankees have started off so well that they could conceivably go 500 the rest of the season and still be okay and still win over 90 games. Of course, it depends on how the rest of the division is doing. And speaking of the rest of the division, a lot of the teams have been doing really well. You know, Toronto is 14 and 6 in their last 20. The Red Sox were like 21 and 10 in their last 31 games, and they have not gained on the Yankees because the Yankees, when they lose a game, they go right back into it and start picking things up. So, yeah, again, this is the test for those Yankees. We'll see how they do. Now, I mentioned in. The cold open, I was joking about how the Yankees are playing two series against the Rays in the next two weeks, and I mentioned a lot of twos. Well, let's briefly discuss this before we go into segment three. The Tribeca Film Festival hosted the world premiere of ESPN Films' The Captain on Sunday. It's a seven-part documentary series unveiling the air of mystery surrounding Derek Jeter both on and off the field. I'm excited about this. I'm excited because I grew up with Derek Jeter. I'm a big Yankee fan, and I always said that I wanted to see more about Derek Jeter and more about his inner workings, you know, because I always joke about how canned his responses were, and that was by design because he didn't want to let people into his life. And I understand that because he was Derek Jeter. I wouldn't want to let people into my life either. Now, Randy Wilkins directed it. I know Randy through Twitter. We're not like, you know, close friends or anything, but follow each other on Instagram, follow each other on Twitter. And it was very exciting to see him go through this process of directing the documentary. It made its debut, or at least one part of it, made its debut at the film festival on Sunday. Looked like a really good uh, party afterwards. And that's just so cool. It, It has to be so cool. And for Randy, it's cool because he's a black filmmaker. He's making 
or he made a documentary about Derek Jeter. Spike Lee is involved. Spike Lee is his hero. I just, I love everything about this and I can't wait to watch it. I'm sure it's going to be great. And good luck to everyone involved. But do you really need good luck? No, because everyone's going to watch this. Even people who hate Derek Jeter are going to watch this documentary because they want to find things that they can say about Derek Jeter. But yeah, I'm very excited about this. Now it premieres on ESPN in July. I believe the first part is going to run around the All-Star break or during the All-Star break, maybe after the All-Star game. I have to double check that. Um, But I think that's what I saw. But I'm very excited about this. It should be fun to see the inner workings of Derek Jeter's life that he never really showed us. Because I did like that other documentary that they did around the time that he was approaching his uh, retirement and they were showing um, him recovering from his ankle injury that he had in 2012, well, ended his 2012 season, affected his 2013 season and into his last season in 2014. So um, yeah, look out for that. That'll be cool. So in a moment, we're going to be talking about a game that I attended in 2009. And I know 2009, you're thinking, Who cares about 2009? Well, it was a funny game. Let's just leave it at that. It was a funny game. So we'll talk about that in a moment. But first, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. They're the original online jeweler. They've been around since 1999, and they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement rings. So whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Not perfect? No problem. 100% satisfaction guarantee. Shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. And if you need your special purchase fast, in most cases, Blue Nile can deliver overnight Each order is insured and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from Blue Nile. And Locked On Yankees listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. So let's go back to June 14th, 2009. Now I know, again... 13 years, who cares about 13 years ago? But it was a funny game. It was not at all what I expected, or anyone, to be honest. I mean, really. It was the Sunday game of a three-game series between the Yankees and the Mets. Okay, so that'll give you an idea of what was happening then. And the matchup was Johan Santana against A.J. Burnett. Now, for me, when I saw that this was the matchup, My first thought was, oh God, this is going to be one of those 9-8 games. We're going to be there for four hours. That was my first thought. My second thought was, how is this a one o'clock game and not an ESPN game? That was surprising to me because I had Sunday plan tickets for 15 years with the Yankees. And most of the time that the Yankees and the Mets played, my Sunday games were at night. So for this one to be during the day was just really kind of jarring. I remember being extremely shocked. 
So yeah, Johan Santana against AJ Burnett. I'm thinking 9-8. I'm thinking it's going to take four hours. It's going to be a slog. I'm going to be sweating my rear end off on a warm June day. But that's not what happened at all. Let's go through it (laughs) because you know I love doing this. Yankees-Mets, Sunday, June 14th, 2009. Day game at the new Yankee Stadium. Mets lineup, Alex Cora, Fernando Martinez, Carlos Beltran, David Wright, Ryan Church. Ryan Church, wow. Gary Sheffield, Daniel Murphy, Brian Schneider, Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo made the infamous blunder two nights before. That was the series against the Mets. Your starter, Johan Santana. For the Yankees, Derek Jeter, Johnny Damon, Mark Teixeira, Alex Rodriguez, Robinson Cano, Nick Swisher, Hideki Matsui, Melky Cabrera, Francisco Cervelli. Your starter, A.J. Burnett. Because remember, Jorge Posada didn't like catching A.J. Burnett. So (laughs) today it was Francisco Cervelli. Your umpires, Jim Wolfe was behind the plate. Brian Onora was at first. Fielding Culbreth was at second. Gary Cedarstrom at third. All well-known umpires at the time. And actually, it wasn't that warm. That's right. It was around 70 that day. It was a pleasant day. I was able to wear pants and a short sleeve shirt. Wasn't too sweaty. Got to walk around the new stadium, uh, especially because of what happened in the game. Because it wasn't one of those games where you had to sit in your seat because it was a nail biter. No, not at all. Mm-mm. And I think if you remember 2009, you'll remember this game. But let's just say, first inning, quiet. Top of the second, quiet. A.J. Burnett set them down, one, two, three. Bottom of the second, Robinson Cano doubles. Nick Swisher hits a ball to deep center that allowed Cano to get to third. Hideki Matsui walked. Melky Cabrera struck out swinging. And then Francisco Cervelli Derek Jeter and Johnny Damon hit back-to-back-to-back singles. Now, Damon was thrown out at second. And it was a left field, third base, shortstop, first base, shortstop kind of play. They were going, yeah. They caught him in a rundown. But the Yankees ended up scoring four off Santana. And I thought, hmm, this is not turning out the way I thought it would. In the top of the third... A.J. Burnett started off with a walk, a single, and a walk to Murphy, Schneider, and Castillo. Then he struck out Alex Cora, struck out Fernando Martinez, and Carlos Beltran lined out. So no harm, no foul, even though as soon as A.J. Burnett walked Daniel Murphy, I rolled my eyes and thought, if he gives up four runs in this inning, I might go absolutely nuts, but he did not. Bottom of the third was quiet for the Yankees to share a A-Rod and Cano went down one, two, three. Top of the fourth, a little iffy for Burnett, but not that iffy. Single to David Wright, struck out Church, threw a wild pitch while Gary Sheffield was up, and Wright made it to second. Then he walked Gary Sheffield. Then he got the double play, Daniel Murphy. Now this is the inning where it all went to hell for the Mets. (laughs) The bottom of the fourth. Nick Swisher walked. Hideki Matsui hit a home run. Melky Cabrera doubled. San, I almost said San Francisco Cervelli, which would be a really cool name. Francisco Cervelli, singles. Derek Jeter, singles. Cabrera scores. Cervelli makes it to second. Brian Stokes comes in to replace Johan Santana. Gives up a double to Johnny Damon. Cervelli scores. Jeter makes it to third. Mark Teixeira hits a single. Jeter and Damon stay put. 
The bases are loaded. A-Rod hits into a ground ball double play, but Jeter scores. And then Robinson Cano hits a home run that scores A-Rod. <laughs> oh dear. Nick Swisher walks. Hideki Matsui walks. Melky Cabrera hits a double, but tries to stretch it out to a triple. But Swisher scores, Matsui scores, Melky is thrown out at third. The Yankees score nine runs on eight hits. It's 13-0. Not at all what I expected from this game. Not at all. As I said, when I saw this matchup, I thought, oh, this is going to be horrible. It's going to be terrible. It was not. It was for Mets fans, but it wasn't for Yankee fans. So it's quiet till the bottom of the seventh. (laughs) John Switzer is pitching for the Mets. He gets two, no, sorry, one quick out. Cervelli hits a fly ball. He hits Angel Barroa with a pitch. Remember Angel Barroa was with the Yankees at one point? Mm -hmm. He walks Johnny Damon. He walks Brett Gardner (laughs) to load the bases. Ramiro Pena hits a single. Baroa scores, Damon makes it to third, Gardner to second. Ken Takahashi comes in, Robinson Cano hits a sack fly that scores Damon. And then Takahashi gets Nick Swisher to ground out. It's 15-0 Yankees, and that's how it would end. 15-0. Yeah, not expecting that at all. Nope. (laughs) No. Was I happy? Yes, I was thrilled because one, the Yankees beat the Mets two out of three in that series. If you recall correctly, they won the Luis Castillo game. They lost the middle game. Pettit pitched that game, I believe. They lost 6-2. I'm not even going to look it up. I think I got that correct from memory. And then the 15-0 game happened. And then a couple weeks later, the Yankees played the Mets at City Field in a three-game series, and that was the infamous K-Rod walks Mo to allow a run game. And Derek Jeter made that infamous face that I still, I think, I have it saved as a meme on my phone. I'll have to find it, but yeah. Yeah, the Yankees had fun against the Mets in 2009. The Yankees had fun in 2009, ended up winning the World Series. Yeah, actually, you know what? Hold on. While I'm here... Let me look at how the Yankees were doing on this day in 2009. I didn't even look. Well, while I'm here, let's look at this. The Yankees were 36 and 20 on this day in 2009. Today, they are 44 and 16. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Again, the true test is coming. So tonight, Yankees, Rays, Kluber, Cole, I'll have a recap of this game on tomorrow's Locked On Yankees. And any other news you need to know, we'll preview the next matchup in case anything changes. And again, any other news that pops up, we'll tell you all about it. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment on YouTube as well. Plus hit the bell notification so you know when our videos come out. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On MLB. Make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind. 
Please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Tuesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.